0: Wow, everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. F- Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. We have an amazing show for you today. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, you know, this is one of these shows that I've, I've often thought about having um, where I get to connect with someone who has taken a path in life and is part of a journey that... I don't think any of us, including including she, could have predicted or sculpted out. Certainly, it's not a journey that one would sit down and plan and say, this is what I would like my life to be like. But when all is said and done, there's a powerful message by this incredible author and a story that I hope you get to hear tonight. I'm talking about my very special guest, Bonnie McEnany, who's joining me here today. As someone that had a long, successful career in the financial services industry, and one day discovered that her entire life would change. Uh, her husband, uh, Amen, was a legendary and much admired figure in the in the sport of lacrosse, and he was killed in the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center. We're going to be talking about this with her today. But the journey and the way the road sort of winds is an interesting one for all of us, especially those of us that grew up in New York City. And for me, I spent most of my adult life uh, in New York and New Jersey. And so when, when I get to talk about, and I've done numerous shows on this, about the events of 9-11, very few times have I had the opportunity to talk about them the way we're going to talk about them tonight. Um, my guest is the author of an incredible book. The book is called Messages, Signs, Visits, and Premonitions from Loved Ones Lost on 9-11. And so for those of you that are out there that are wondering, you know, is there, is there an afterlife? Is there something that goes on? What happens after we die? More importantly, what about the people that move on and the people we leave behind? How is it we stay connected to them, and what has Bonnie discovered along the way? We have much to talk about tonight. Uh, I'm going to make sure that all of you um, know how to get a copy of the book. We're actually going to give three copies away during this show tonight for those of you that connect with us. Uh, and stay stay with us today because we're about to probably go on a journey unlike one you've gone before. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. And um, and I talk about the journey a lot. And I, I kind of mentioned earlier that this is probably a journey you could not have sat down and scripted out for yourself and your life. So I want to ask you, how do you describe um, your life, the events that happened, 9-11, in terms of... Now you, in a way, becoming the messenger of so many.
1: Well, obviously, none of us anticipated anything like this happening to our lives. And mm-hmm. again, you know, we all appreciate every day because you never know what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, when my husband, Eamon McEnany, uh, began uh, to have his premonitions, he, of course, had no idea what was going on on September 2nd he had a conversation with the entire family who was present at a Labor Day function about terrorists hitting the building and this time should he bring them to bring his colleagues to the roof or bring them down the stairs because he was in 93 mm-hmm. and um I should say he was on the 105th floor of the North Tower on 9/11 and he was on the 105th floor during 1993 Um, So when he began, you know, a series of conversations with people and the family and myself about um, the fact that he didn't think he'd be living much longer and et cetera, et cetera, um, none of us had any idea that um, he, you know, was sensing something, had a, a sense of foreboding, if you will, that this event was going to be taking place the following week.
0: I mean, I, I, it's hard for, it, 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 I guess looking back now and talking about this is one thing, but I can only imagine what this was like for you sitting there listening to him and talk about this experience that was going to happen. I mean, did you have a sense of that, you, you know, of conviction that he was right? Or like most of us, we, we don't really think about these powers that one might have. What was your
1: sense when he when he was talking with you about this? Honestly, I thought perhaps he was sinking into some sort of clinical depression. I had, oh. you know, no idea that he was actually, in a way, predicting something that was imminent, of, you know, half a week later. Um, it was just amazing. You know, and it, actually after 9-11 happened and he was killed, um, it, it took a couple days before i really started to think oh my gosh he must have known you know something was was imminent and so many others um i interviewed nearly 200 people um most of whom were associated with someone lost on 911 so many people had this sense of foreboding this feeling that they had to um you know finish tasks tasks that were left undone that you know, they weren't, they, their moods were changing. Family members would tell me they were just not the same. They were feeling, you know, out of sorts. Um, so something clearly was going on with many, many of them prior to the event itself.
0: Isn't that, you know, part of the, the fascination in all of this for so many people that, you know, you actually had the courage to go back and speak with folks because you had a sense of something else going on here, but, of course, you know, you had your husband that was telling you something was going to happen, and then, in fact, it did. I mean, that has to be life-changing in itself, especially, I believe, for someone like yourself, you know, who had a very different life before this.
1: Well, yes. I mean, I was working full-time. I I ran a business for a large financial services company, and I was commuting to work. We'd have four children, and, you know, we had an, a normal kind of, family situation where we had a routine every day and we'd get up and go to work, the kids would go to school, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, uh, I have to say I was extremely skeptical of you know the spiritual side of things, although I'm Christian and I went to church. I really didn't, um, you know, I mean, I'd listen to things, but I didn't really believe a lot of it until um, even past the premonition side, the spiritual uh experiences began and i began to talk to others who had had similar things happen so it's amazing you know life can change there's there's always a turn or bend in the road that takes you to a new perspective and that's how i sort of felt after this entire thing occurred
0: hi bonnie i want to ask you the question about your perspective and i and i guess this is more kind of a body mind spirit question you know i know where i was on 911 and certainly um Not even close to the experience you had, but you 've had some time to not only just reflect but to write about some very, very powerful things. you know how would you describe your journey? what would you say you, if I would ask you the question you know what has what has this this road been like for you, and how have you personally changed since those early days?
1: Well, no longer do I believe that Death is a permanent event. I've seen enough evidence now that leads me to conclude that if you truly love someone, the relationship with that person continues even after they die. It's just different. And I don't think I ever would have, you know, admitted or felt that I had a sense of that prior to this this event and all of the various conversations I've had with people in the book. Um... You know, I I just look at life very differently. And I have to say that, you know, when you get into the spiritual side of things and the experiences people have had, which go from, you know, seeing signs that have convinced them that communication continues, to actual visitations, which many people have had, where they've either, you know, I call them sensory visitations, where they've either heard the person speak to them, their loved one, um, felt their embrace, or felt a hand on the shoulder, to actually seeing the person. And many, many people have actually seen their loved one's spirit after they die, and not not necessarily when they're sleeping or dreaming, when they're awake. Um, this this has all been profoundly impressive to me in the context of changing how I look at everything. And you know, Hollywood has a way of making you fearful of these kinds of things. Um, we certainly, as humans, fear the things we don't understand or we say that, you know, it's it's not true or whatever. Um, but the book is not about converting skeptics. It's just about sharing stories of faith and of love and of connections that, that don't end. And, you know, I mean, I think it's all incredibly positive. I I was really struck by the quote that, you know,
0: uh, I get many books that come across my desk, as you can well imagine. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Bonnie, I was really struck by the quote that you used from St. Augustine. Right out of the gate, you know, the quote is, faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. And I wanted to ask you how that particular quote rings true to your heart and your story and your own experience
1: well, it's it you know you can take it literally or figuratively, yeah. and yeah <laughs> you know, for, for me, um I have to say, just you know I, there's no way that there isn't more than this. I mean, there's just no way I, this this uh exercise that I've gone through this journey, as you describe it of of five years, actually, from the time I began to the time the book came out, um has convinced me without any doubt that there's far more than this, and it's all wonderful. And, you know, the thing is, being human, we don't understand the rules, why one person sees signs at one point, another person doesn't. You know, we just can't possibly process how this this whole phenomenon takes place. But, um, you know, you, you sort of... Navigate the stories and think about them and determine what you believe as an individual, because spirituality in itself is a very individual thing. It's not necessarily religiously based. This is not about religion. It's about a person's spirituality and how they connect or don't connect to to something bigger than the life we're leading today. Um, And there's nothing other than a positive component to it in terms of how I view it based on the multitude of stories that have been shared with me.
0: And, you know, this is, I want to just make sure that everybody knows, uh, you're going to be hearing a lot about this book and certainly about my guest, Bonnie McEnany, joining me here on the Dr. Pat Show tonight. And the reason that um, I'm so thrilled to be able to share uh, this book in her message with you is because it's a message that goes out to many people that are experiencing so many things, Bonnie, that most folks have told us, you know, was crazy. We're out of our minds. You know, what is that? Looking for signs. What are you talking about? And so this had to be sort of a challenge for you as well at some point to finally say, wait a minute. You know, there's something going on here that is a bit unusual, but I ought to pay attention to it. Well, that's exactly
1: right. And, of course, you know, I've had only three spiritual experiences since September 11th. They were all profound. They were all wonderful in terms of how they impacted me. Other people have had many, many more. They've had very different experiences. I haven't had a a personal visitation like many, many people have, have had. But I can say that it's not the power of any one story or any one set of circumstances. It's the collective power of everything that's represented across, the, you know, across the line with, with regard to so many different individuals. And even after the book was published, the numerous stories that are now coming in, you know, every day I get so many stories um, emailed to me and sent through the website, which is messagesbook.com. I'm collecting more spiritual stories. And it's just profoundly wonderful to have so much confirmation that, yes, this is happening. And to your point, there isn't one person that I interviewed that didn't say, you know, I'm not crazy. This really happened to me. And I would answer, I know. Um, you know, don't worry about it. You know, everybody says the same thing. So, you know, social norms are such that intimidate individuals in a way that they don't necessarily feel they can talk about these kinds of things. But they shouldn't feel ashamed or afraid. This is all positive. It's it's sort of a response to the one question that every human on Earth has asked, and that is, what happens to me when I die? What happens to a loved one when I die? And certainly we don't have, a a, you know, a, a literal response with great detail to the question but you know implied through all of the stories is a positive answer to that you know
0: one of the things also you talk about and I want to really talk to uh, talk to the to to what enormous opening the events of 9/11 have had for people I, your story definitely and we'll talk about you know, what you refer to as the four ways the rest of us can try to be more spiritually open to communication from the dead, but I I wanted to ask you, in a lot of ways, 9 /11 certainly uh, created a whole new level of fear for the world. In other ways, some folks believe that it opened the, the door to a level of spirituality that didn't exist before. And I wanted to ask you about that, on how you feel about both of those uh, both of those uh, two points that folks are
1: making. Yeah, well, in response, I would say a couple things. First of all, okay, the spiritual stories that, you know, that I've heard and that have been sort of coming, coming to the forefront are not unique to 9-11. You know, mm-hmm. this has been happening since the beginning of time. It happens all around. It has nothing to do with the nature of the event or the event itself. What's unique about 9-11 is a lot of people were killed on one day. And because of that and because of... The fact that, you know, my husband was part of Cantor Fitzgerald and they lost the most people of any one company and he had been there for so many years, I already knew so many people that, you know, the the wives of, of, you know, the men that worked with my husband, for example, many of them, um, you know, was not... You know, difficult for me to start the process of what, what's happened to you? Have you heard or you felt something or did you see something? It, it evolved out of an early conversation with many of them. Did they know anything about, you know, you know, if um, did they get any conclusive information on our husbands? Because at the very beginning with 9-11, you know, everyone was considered missing. On 9-11, we didn't get any feedback from the city that um, led us to believe that, you know, even though we feared the worst, that, you know, our loved ones were were dead, Um, you know. So we went on for about 48 hours where we all categorized, probably because we wanted to more than anything, that our loved ones were missing and not, you know, had not been killed. And we were following, you know, leads and we were doing everything in similar fashion, calling hospitals, calling burn units as far away as Canada. Anytime there was a lead, we'd follow up. So the initial conversations were all about, well, have you heard anything? Like, what can we do now? And, and they evolved as we slowly became, you know, more in the camp that, you know, there probably isn't anything positive coming from this. You know, we're not going to hear anything that's going to change our view. You know, probably they they were killed, um, and that is when the spiritual side started to take take root, and other stories began to be shared about doves on someone's window or a voice that was heard or something. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely.
0: And you know, one of the things that you point to, which is very important, is that there are many people still today, uh, Bonnie. You know this. That don't really understand the full journey of people such as yourself. Uh, they don't. I don't think that we, we spent time to really chronicle, you know, what happened with folks. What was it like, you know, to post someone's picture and ask, have you seen this person? And, and I, I think that, you know, part of what you're sharing, and I'm, we're gonna talk about some of the stories in the book, but part of what you're sharing is, This wasn't one day there was 9-11 and then the next day there was ground zero. There was a journey that involved months and years for some people. And so what did you consider that place that a lot of folks refer to as limbo on earth,
1: that place where you weren't quite sure? Well, I think. The place where we weren't quite sure was in that first 48 hours. Um, you know, some people had gotten news that their loved one's body was found or what have you, so they aren't included in this, but in most cases, we just didn't know. We didn't have answers. We didn't know and you know it was all such a shock because the enormity of the event on top of it and i will add the grief is no different than anyone who loses a loved one Mm -hmm. you know i certainly don't want to undermine the grief of someone who loses a husband through some other means or god forbid a child or whatever it's just that the magnitude of the event was such that all of a sudden everywhere you turned all you were hearing about because this was an attack on our nation you know the, the, the obvious and you know I think there was a because of that you you would be um stunned just by knowing that your loved one was missing even more stunned by virtue of the context in which that you know your loved one was impacted um so it was just a blur i think for the for that certain period and then things started to change
0: i I wanted to ask you uh, have you ever asked yourself the question, why me?" You know why is this you know my journey to to be so connected to the spirit world and become sort of the the opening and the voice for so many people like-minded people like experienced people uh, when you yourself have have called yourself I think at some level a
1: skeptic um it that's a very good question and because I was a, a business person you know working like everyone works um, right you know and, and this happened um, I will be honest in saying, you know, when I started to see what was happening, um, in, in the in this context of the spiritual side of things, um, I sort of felt blessed in a sense. Not obviously not by the event or what by what happened to my husband, but that I was being given a window that um I I found incredibly helpful to me in my own emotional growth and, and repair from the event. Um that, you know, to, to see it from the side that I've been exposed to um, was a blessing because every other possible element of it was horrific. And um, my first experience, you know, after we had been looking for my husband, I had hundreds of people coming and going from my house, as everyone did, wonderful, wonderful people who were trying to help, you know, find, find him, et cetera. We had friends going from hospital to hospital in New York City looking looking for him. Um, my first spiritual experience, and I'd never had any kind of spiritual experience. Um, September 13th, I, I was so frustrated because we, we just didn't have any answers whatsoever. And I, I stepped out my front door, and I live in New England on the East Coast. And and um, I live in a country setting, and, and um, I just sort of, out of frustration, yelled out, Eamon, will you please tell us where you are? Mm. And it took about 15 seconds. And uh, I started to hear the rustling of leaves in one of the trees that frames the entrance to my driveway. And I, I kind of looked up and was watching as these leaves were flipping back and forth as wind, you know, the wind started to build up. And I noticed the interesting thing was no other branches were blowing anywhere else. It was just in this one little location. And all of a sudden this river of wind, if you will, emerged. And kind of navigated and swirled and undulated around and twirled around some of these other trees almost as if I could see it see this river of wind or what have you and I was wearing a skirt at the time, and it i i I sort of describe it as it whimsically lifted my skirt and let it fall, and then it stopped and I stood there, and I said, "Did I just see that? You know what what was that and I realized. I, I didn't understand it, but I understood what what the event was communicating to me, and that was the answer to the question, he's gone. And I had to walk back into the house, and mm-hmm. everybody's still on the phones and writing their little notes and whatever they were doing. And I told them, stop. You know, I said, he's gone. And I explained what happened. And the interesting thing is nobody questioned it. Wow.
0: Wow. Wow. And, you know, I mean, don't you think that's because part of what they got was a clear sense from you that there was a strength in the conviction of what you were saying? You know, it sounds like you were so clear about this that the message that you were conveying to them was to, to literally stop. Not, not, I don't think we should stop. Uh, and what I was struck by in reading the book was that there are so many stories where some of the folks that, that you've been able to chat with and that you've featured in, in the book and some of the signs that came to them were as clear as looking out at the window and seeing the sunshine. And I think that's really what grabbed me a bit, Bonnie, and I want to ask you about, you know, we have this television view sometimes of how contact, so to speak, is made. And so we get this pop culture glamorization when some of the examples you pointed to in the book were just so clear, and I was really struck by, um, and I think it was Monica who lost her husband, and maybe you could share that story, uh, where she was um, uh, uh, had a, had a new husband, so to speak, and so she was
1: wondering about him, and you know, could you share that story with us? Well, Monica Iken is she was married to Michael Iken. And he worked for Eurobrokers, and Eurobrokers wasn't even located in the Towers, and he was there Mm -hmm. for a meeting and, you know, fate. Um, But, yeah, I mean, she is one that actually she saw her husband's spirit afterwards, and one of many who did. And the actual vignette that you're describing, um, some time had passed And she decided she would start to date other people and, you know, try to meet someone new. And she met Bob. And Bob was the only survivor of an entire group in a firehouse that went down to work on, you know, rescue people. He -hmm. just took the day off that day. And when he got the call, it was too late for him to do anything. And um, Monica has a habit of asking her late husband for advice before she goes to bed. And she said, you know, Michael, will you tell me or give me a sign if Bob is right or not for me? And she went to sleep, and she had a dream. And in the dream, the message she got was ask to see his baby picture. And the next day, she was, in fact, meeting his family, meeting his mother, etc., And when she met his mother, she said, Do you happen to have a baby picture of Bob? And his mother produced the picture. And she was taken aback because in very large numbers, he weighed 9 pounds, 11 ounces. And to her, that was confirmation that he was right. And they got married.
0: Mm. I mean, that's just one of many, many stories in here. I have to ask you, Bonnie, and all of the people that you spoke with, it's almost as if when I read the book, and uh, and there are a couple here that, uh, you know, I I read two or three times. I went back to read Janice Green two or three times. Yeah. But they're, yeah, and I want to talk about that for a minute because, you know, Janice says something so very profound here uh that really talks to your point about this not being religious. Uh But I have to ask you, how was this like for you to hear story after story after story? You know, what was this like for you to be able to have the experience of these folks sharing this
1: with you? You actually became a witness for their stories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, first of all, this whole notion, um, as I mentioned, about people Feeling intimidated to talk about things, you know, they felt liberated that they could finally speak their mind about what had happened from a spiritual context because I wasn't judging them. I had had my own experiences. I believed them. Um, and every additional individual that I spoke to, and there's, you know, many that, you know, beyond the book, believe me, um, it just reconfirmed in my own mind my own experiences and that. I still have a connection myself with my own husband. And, you know, just what a wonderful thing that, you know, this this notion of death that we all fear so much, maybe it isn't as scary as we thought because maybe there really is so much more and it's all wonderful. It's nothing to be afraid of. And, you know, all these kinds of thoughts went through my head. So I have to say... um, it's probably the most profound thing I've ever done in my entire life.
0: Mm. Uh, it is, I, and I have to commend you. I'm so, I'm so honored that you're joining the show tonight, Bonnie. Because um, first of all, the way that you've written this book truly honors the people that have passed, as well as the people that um, you know remained here to really open the door for all of us to understand that there are signs, there are messages, and they come in so many different ways. I think that's what I was really struck by in so much of this. So much of what we would just completely not pay attention in any given point of the day may be a sign. And I wanted to ask you, how do we get better at
1: paying attention? First, you have to be really open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the thing is that when you lose someone you love, because we're human, I do believe we still have to go through the various phases of grief. Um, I can't remember the order, but, you know, denial, anger, you know, the extreme sadness, that's all part of the human condition. Um, but I have found that those people that have had these types of spiritual experiences the impact on their emotional healing and growth has been so significant. Um, you know, they feel so much better about everything because of what they've experienced. So I'd say...
2: Are you concerned about a specific health issue? Do you want to know what causes it? Are you ready to tap into the inner wisdom of your body and listen to what it is telling you? It's a scientific fact that your health condition, present circumstances, and excess weight are not the result of your diet, exercise regime, or genetic makeup. Your thoughts, feelings, and emotions all directly and specifically influence all your body functions, including heart rate, digestion, and organs. Anger is stored in the liver, resentment is stored in the gallbladder, and lack of support shows up in your back. Our bodies give us clues to how we have been thinking, feeling, and acting. Dr. Cal specializes in interpreting these clues Ignites your inner healer and guides you step-by-step to continuous, positive, and lasting health changes. When you change your mind, you change your life. Get in your driver's seat today. Visit askdrkel.com. That's A-S-K-D-R-K-E-L dot com
3: is your soul thirsty for love this valentine's day fill it up with aqua mantras i am loved water and feel the love with every conscious sip you attract love into your reality when you're overflowing with love from within pick up a case of aqua mantra's award-winning premium natural spring water that flows from the abundant streams of mount palomar california now in our brand new biodegradable and recyclable bottles on sale at aquamantra.com forward slash i am loved and know you are loved
0: E-Cloth, the only cleaning solution you'll ever need. E-Cloth's fiber function does the cleaning, not a chemical reaction. Also, no paper towels or chemicals to buy, so you'll save lots of money. And E-Cloth's are guaranteed... To thoroughly clean for years, the whole time safer for you, your family, the environment, and saving you lots of money. As a Dr. Pat Show listener, get 20% off everything you order and free shipping. Go to ecloth.com, and when checking out, enter Dr. Pat. You'll never go back to cleaning any other way.
3: Reach your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the Inca, magic. Maca naturally balances hormones, relieves symptoms of PMS, menopause, and erectile dysfunction. Maca increases energy, stamina, and endurance without caffeine. Visit macaroot.com. That's M-A-C-A root.com. Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Uh, no, No mistake there, something absolutely incredible happened, and Bonnie and I are going to talk about it a little bit. But before we do, I want to make sure that you all have the website, messagesbook.com, messagesbook.com. Um, uh, Bonnie McEnany is joining me here today. She is the author of Messages, Signs, Visits, Premonitions from Loved Ones uh, Lost on 9-11. Uh, this book is amazing. It, it is a- amazing. And, Bonnie, I was sharing with you that I could probably count on my hands the number of times that I've done an interview at a top station where the line for no reason at all was dropped and i think this is one of those times i believe that sometimes when we're in the spirit the soul and the vibration especially about what we're talking about i really
1: think we get messages and signs and always what do you make of it bonnie well that was yeah that was just very very strange because as i was saying to you i was i've done so many radio shows since the launch of the book and that's the first time we had just such a strange thing happen in terms of our connection because I guess there was nothing wrong, you know, in terms of the engineers and producers there, but nope. we just somehow just it was at a different level. It was at a different level. Now,
0: I sh- and you shared a couple of things with me. You commented to me that um, uh, Eamon's best friend lives in Seattle, actually where I am now. And so we were talking about how, again, that may be a sign, that may be a message. So, can we talk about that for a minute? Because I think folks really look for the unusual when sometimes it's not.
1: Well, yeah, and you know, the thing is, it's it's John and Cricket O'Neill, and, um, you know, Eamon just loved John so much. Jake, as he's known by his close friends, and. You know, um, I didn't have a chance to tell them that we were doing the show tonight, and I don't know. I mean, it was bothering me so much because, in fact, I had sent a little email out to Cricket when we were first uh, started, saying, "You know, I'm on the show. If you, you know, maybe you can find it." Um, and I don't know. I know it was just very, very strange.
0: Well, one of the things I shared with you, and I do want to talk about this because, um, you know, we talk about. Psychics these days in our pop culture in some ways that may or not be true and in some ways that may or not be honoring. But I was struck by the fact that I was just getting ready to ask you about one of the people in the book, uh, Janice Green, mm-hmm. and um, and, the, and and to talk with you about her story, which is a bit different than some of the others. I mean, she actually had a dream. And so I'd like to talk about that for a minute, because she came to an incredible realization about spirituality.
1: Well, Janice, from what I know, and I haven't met her personally, we've just been on the phone, you know, through these long interviews, is, is a relatively religious person, Christian. And, but, you know, despite that, I mean, she she had a dream of um, an explosion at the trade center, and... In her dream, the the notion was that bin Laden has just attacked the Trade Center. This is one week before. And she uh, told her parents the next day, and of course one week later um, it happened. But there's a picture in the book of uh, a view from her apartment in New Jersey, and you can see the Trade Center in the background. And that was the visual that was in her dream. And in fact, in the photo, there's a rainbow over the Trade Center, um and she was like many who had all different types of premonitions of something coming you know and and just so amazing altogether
0: well and it is a story and i think you know what she talks about she says since 911 janice has had other dreams and uh which are having a profound impact on her life and i guess that kind of leads me to the question of um so many people are and their stories and their journeys are captured in here um, can you talk a bit about the impact that um, being able to talk with you and being able to have these conversations, what what has been the impact on some of these folks that have shared these stories with you in the book? Because I would imagine like Janice, it opened up a whole new conversation of life.
1: Well, I think the liberating part was not only being able to finally talk about things, because many of these people had not talked about what had happened to them, But to know that so many others had similar experiences, and all that did was reconfirm that yes, indeed, they really did still have a connection with the person they lost. And you know, the way it, it, you know, the way the book lays out and and the way the experiences occurred. There's categories. Uh, Signs is one. Visitations is another. For example, Um, some people have had so many different experiences that they have chapters dedicated to them and their families but you know the details of each individual experience are really unique um and you know so many times in jest i'd sit with someone and we'd say gosh you just can't make this stuff up it's just so unbelievable and yet it would fit a category perfectly in the area of visitations which is something that's fascinating for people um of course um i call them sensory visitations many many people after their loved ones have died, have sensed the spirit or felt the spirit or seen or heard the spirit. Um, sensory meaning touch where they felt the embrace of their loved one, a hand on the shoulder when they needed it, hearing their voice, and when people describe this, this is the other interesting thing, they don't know one another, but they all describe it in a similar way. The words are spoken, but not they don't hear like we hear traditional speech. Through our ears, the voice speaks and it connects directly to their minds in some way. But it's not like thinking, where you you know, you sort of hear your own words in your head, um, and the the actual seeing your loved one. Um, there's two different ways people have described this phenomenon. Um, in many many cases, they're wide awake, doing normal things, and the spirit appears. Spirit typically doesn't last very long. They see them, but a message is communicated. Typically, it's telepathically, and it's, I'm I'm okay, and I'm here, and I'm watching out for you. Do not worry. I love you. This kind of thing, and the spirit fades. Um, but you know, it, it shouldn't be such an amazing thing to hear about because since the beginning of time, people have said they've seen ghosts and you know haunted houses and this and that. But I never use the word ghost because, to me, it sort of connotes something that's scary. And in every Mm -hmm. case of all these people, it's been a wonderfully positive thing, not a scary Mm -hmm. experience at all.
0: I have to tell you one of the stories in the book that I was most struck by, and and I want to talk about it, because I think um, a lot of times we talk about the adults and the men and the women and the husbands and the wives that were lost in 9-11. Um, and we often forget the young people and there was one story in particular I want to talk about because the sign that was demonstrated and that kept being demonstrated, you know, is so unique and special and I'm referring to Paula Scott and her granddaughter, uh, Julianne McCourt Mm -hmm. and, uh, for those of you that may or may not remember, uh, you know, along with, um, the world trade center uh, there was united airlines flight 175 and and juliana uh, was uh, the you know uh, 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 was on that was was on that plane and i wanted to talk a little bit about this because this was really in a way different than what we've talked about before i mean this was such a profound physical sign with the golden threads um that it really would make even the greatest of skeptics think twice don't you think
1: yeah, well, you know, first of all, you have to meet Paula, Paula's from Ireland. Um she's a, she was Juliana's grandmother. And uh, Juliana was a 4-year-old little girl who with her mother Ruth McCourt, Ruth McCourt were taking a trip to California. And um the whole McCourt story is just unbelievable because there's so many different things that occurred there, but um Pa- Paula was the granny nanny she called herself for Juliana. would take care of her while Ruth was working and mm-hmm. and David was working and the husband and father. And um Paula had this game she played with Juliana um called the thread fairy and the thread fairy would come and leave little threads for Juliana to and each thread represented how much she loved her. And, for example, Paula Paula would be driving the car, and Juliana would be in the back seat. She'd say, oh, Granny, you know, I found a thread. The thread fairy was here, and, you know, they'd have this little dialogue. Well, then Juliana's killed in the plane, um, United 175, and Paula was devastated, of course. And um, she was in her home, and she, um, at one point, went back to her bed and she had a very an elderly lady who was staying with her who was calling out to her, and she came and and looked uh, on the sheets and she saw this little pile of golden threads that were there, and she you know obviously this elderly woman would not have put the threads there and Paula said, "You know this is just a magical thing that happened to her that this was the sign that Juliana was still with her." And, you know, it's all sorts of stories, like who would think of a thread fairy and golden thread? And it's just wonderful, wonderful uh, input to make us all feel so much better about such a horrible event.
0: And, you know, the story goes on as well with Paula. I mean, it, you go on to tell the story about um at Juliana's memorial service and the experience yeah. of of the butterflies. So, I mean, this this is, you know, kind of multiple experiences that that have happened within, uh, you know, Paula's uh, life and continue to happen with her, uh, and you know, these are things that I think you mentioned in the book, uh, Bonnie. That while we're talking about this in the context of nine eleven, these experiences occur every day to different people. That's correct. Why is it you think? that more people don't talk about it
1: well that's that's a given people are afraid to talk about this kind of thing because they don't want to be judged in a negative way oh that person's out of their mind you know they're afraid to say something because you know the general consensus is that this stuff is you know is sort of conjecture and, and crazy, if you will, and um, not possible because we as humans can't understand it. Well, I've learned because I used to be the type that if I didn't get a good explanation for something, I would discount it. I've learned, you know, what there are things in life that we just don't understand, and sometimes it's better to just accept what we see as reality, especially if it's a good thing, um, you know. But with, as I may have mentioned earlier, without exception. Everybody, everybody would say to me, "I'm not crazy. This really happened." And you know, um, I think it, it's a lesson to all of us. You know, that we we challenge everything. We, you know, we have to know the answer. And who knows how this all works? I mean, who? And you know, I don't want to be repet, repetitious, but you know. We don't know the rules to this. We don't know why one person has a sign one day and the next person does or why one person has a visitation and the next person has a bird do something totally unusual to lead them to believe it's a message from their loved one. But when you put it all together, it's it's unbelievably compelling. And, you know, I can only think it would be a positive component to someone's life.
0: Well, or, you know, you talking with me before the show about Eamon's best friend living in Seattle and then me being in Seattle and having us have the experience we had earlier in the show today. And I think you heard Don when Don came back on, you know, what he, I mean, he was, he was asking me what happened. And I have never, I have never had an experience like that. It wasn't really, Bonnie, I have to tell you, it wasn't like an electrical experience, you know, we know when the Internet fades or when the phone drops or a cell phone drops. That's not what happened here. Literally, the message I got was that my headphones were not working. I don't even know if there's a message like that that exists. Right. But this is really part of a, of a bigger conversation. And I want to make sure everybody listening to the show knows that um, lots of information. Go to the website, messagesbook.com. Um, and you'll find out lots of information here. Also, Bonnie, you're asking people to submit their story. I'm going to have to submit this story, don't you think?
1: This story is a great story, absolutely. <laughs> and also, we, I have um, facebook.com slash messages book. I put in a daily inspirational sort of directive, if you will, and you can monitor what's going on with the book and with people's stories through that means as, as well if it's helpful to you. and and um yeah i i just i think this is going on far more than we realize and you know it's just a wonderful thing so i want to
0: ask you now that uh, we've talked about some of the stories in the book and i have to tell you all listening to the duck patcher right now that uh we haven't even touched the surface with some of these stories it's incredible um i've had to go back and read several of them over and over and over again I want to ask you, Bonnie, about, about your life, your journey, your path. Now, are you still getting messages? Are you, do you get messages about where you are today uh, and, and what your role is? You know, what is, you know, what is? What is your role in opening up the doors for people to be able to tell these stories without shame, to hold their heads up high? How do you see your role?
1: it evolves every day. Um I never in a million years expected that I would be on the path I'm on. Um you know, I I just you know, it's 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 partially 9/11 in the sense of the horrific nature of that event, but it's also, you know, the reality of how everybody's impacted by the loss of a loved one no matter who you are. Um and I just feel, you know, that that if these stories uh, collectively help anybody um, get through their own difficult circumstances, navigating their own circumstances, then the goal has been achieved. I mean, the reality is that classic bereavement practices um, where we're told, oh, you need closure and you need to move on, I think are so archaic. Um, Closure is a word that I just have never been able to accept. I don't think if you love someone you have closure. This is ridiculous. And because the thesis of the book, again, is that, you know, if you love someone even after they die, the relationship continues. It's just different. I think if we can accept that as sort of a new paradigm for, you know, the direction bereavement should take, it would be a lot better for people in trying to regain a balance in their lives because I believe that that's the case. I believe that your your loved one is still with you. It's just different.
0: You talk about it, and I believe I can't remember exactly the chapter in the book or uh, that you call it, but I do remember what you what the chapter is called. The chapter was called "Love Is Forever." Yeah. And I believe that's what you're referring to. You know, physically a body may not be here, but emotionally. Uh, there is a connection on uh, this unconditional love that emerges is that what you're referring to
1: yes and and the, the but the fact also that mm-hmm. the, the spirit of the person is there with you in some form we can't see them necessarily outside of the visitations people have had um but i think many people listening would be able to relate to this notion of feeling or sensing the presence of their loved one and i i personally Sense um, my husband's presence many, many times, and it's usually when when I need his assistance with something. Um, and so, in that regard, I guess I'm a good example of really truly living in a in an environment where I feel the relationship is con- continued.
0: Mm. Maybe this is time for a trip to Seattle. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that'd be great.
0: <laughs> Maybe that was a little message. Uh... Uh, or vice versa. Maybe it's time for me to take a trip back to, to, uh, or back home there and, uh, visit some family and friends. Um Bonnie, this was amazing. I, I hope you will come back. Um you know, we're on 14 hours of live radio a week on multiple stations and, boy, I would love to have you come back, uh, and, and, and talk with us again thank you so much for joining the show today i wanted to ask you to sort of end the show for us by sharing your personal message what do you want
1: to leave all of us with now oh boy there's so many things but i just really want you to have faith um i go back to this notion that you know the evidence is that death is not the end and that um, you know things continue; they're just different. And regardless of what your religious beliefs are, it transcends all religions. You know, so don't be afraid. If you're if you're navigating a, a you know an illness or you know a health diagnosis that's, that's frightening, or you've just lost someone, just have faith and just stay stay with us because you know this is you know this is something that that you'll get through and things will be okay.
0: Wow, thank you, Bonnie, for joining us. For those of you tuning into the Dr. Pat Show, if you missed any part of this, uh, the archive will be up shortly, uh, and you'll be able to get that at uh, our website, drpatlive.com. Uh, my very special guest, Bonnie McEnany, joining me here tonight. The book is, for me, it was incredible. I have to actually go back and read it again. There were some parts of this that are so amazing, and the stories and the openness and what people shared clearly is a way for all of us to understand that hope is not just a word it's something we all get to feel experience and live thank you bonnie for opening another door for us
1: thank you so much for having me
0: you bet the book is messages signs visits and premonitions from loved ones lost on 9-11 The website, of course, check it out, write your story. i got to figure out how to put this little story in here for tonight, um, is messagesbook.com. Until next time, I want to leave all of you with a message from me, and that is that message of hope. That's something that no one can really take away from you. It's an inside job, and once you get to that place and feel it, live it, breathe it, and spiritually know it, is nothing quite like it. So let's all join together and create that ripple effect of hope that Bonnie so brilliantly writes about and all of the people in the book that contributed so deeply, so heartfelt, and so absolutely authentically. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show.